G'day podcasters, just a bit of pre-show chat as friends, just just chatting here as friends, actually, no, I'm lying, I have an agenda. There comes a time in every friendship where one friend says to the other, hey mate, could I get a lift to the airport? And then that friend goes, Ugh, I guess we are friends. And it, you know, it would be nice if he gave me a lift to the airport. So, you know what? All right, mate, when do you need to go? And then they say, it's 4am and you go, oh, geez. And you've already said, I'll take you. And then they left out the time and it's, it's well played. That's a well played airport move. If you've done that before, well played. If you've been the receiving, on the receiving end of that, um, sorry, dad, I've done that to you many a times, but that's family. That's different. So I've been, I've kind of been setting you guys up. You, you're all friends of the show. You know that, but that friendship comes with a price and that price is that I need your help. I'm coming to you as a friend. I need some help. This show has a problem, and that problem is a clout problem. This show does not have enough clout, apparently, to get certain types of guests. I'm talking, you know, New York best-selling authors. Turns out, everyone's got a podcast, and that's why I'm so grateful you're listening to this one. But everyone's got one, and so all these interesting guests, they... They can't talk to everybody. There's simply not enough time of the day. So they've got to draw a line somewhere. And they draw the line at clout. And it just turns out that I'm on the wrong side of that clout line. So, for instance, this one New York best-selling author says, I don't speak, I don't even consider speaking to anyone unless you've got 50 episodes in the, in the, in the bank. Correct. Got that. Tick. Done. As well as 250 podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts. Now... That I don't have. Friends, we are at 50. And that is why I come to you hat in hand. All my cards on the table. I would love to continue to talk to very interesting people. But I'd also love the freedom to talk to some people that have a bit of clout. It's quite difficult to get some of these people. They're like, oh, how many people listen to your show? How many reviews you got? And I just I just feel as if clout will give will allow me to continue to talk to interesting people, even get some higher profile people, because then they'll go, Oh, this guy's got a higher profile. He must be one of us. Haha, <laughs> joke's on you. Am I? Am I? Probably no, probably not. So, friends of the show, I need your help. Could you please jump on Apple Podcasts? I think this is very do- doable. If not even half of you left a review on Apple Podcasts. We could hit the target of 250. I think we're at 50 at the moment. And together, we can get some clout and we can talk to the people who have clout and get past the clout gatekeepers, which are often publicists. They're like, publicists are the ones often arranging this sort of stuff. And they're like, yo, how many reviews you got? And I feel like pretty soon, thanks to all you friends of the show, I can go, oh, I got... I got more than 250. So, so it doesn't take very long. Pull out your phone. Five stars, please. I did get one one-star podcast. It's Listen, I haven't, haven't quite moved on from that. I read it every now and then, shed a tear, and then move on. I mean, you could give it one stars. I guess they didn't spe- specify how good quality the ratings have to be. But, you know, five stars would make me happy. One stars make me a little sad. I'm not that enlightened yet to just brush them off. So thanks for being friends of the show. Thanks for listening. And thanks for taking me to the airport. I mean, reviewing this podcast so that we can solve the problem, the clout problem. Thanks for the clout, guys. Enjoy the episode. I'm right and you're wrong. Listen now.
Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Welcome back, everybody, to Ideas Digest, the podcast where we explore controversial ideas wherever we find them. And rather than debate them, we learn about the person, where they found the idea, and the people who hold the idea and how the idea helps them. Um, if My name's Conrad, and if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, but there is a catch. The catch is, here's the catch. If you listen to this podcast long enough, you're going to eventually hear something that you disagree with. Oh, that's that's crazy kind of talk in this new age of the internet where you can only listen to things that you want to underst- you want to agree with. That's cool. Um, but by design, we're, I'm trying to to not do that. I'm trying to present people with ideas that they do disagree with because I feel like that's the point of the show. So some might hear an idea they disagree with and they might choose to unfollow, stop listening. I mean, that's totally fine. This practice is not for everyone, but I do recommend sticking with it because over time, uh, that uncomfortable feeling that you get when you're listening to someone you disagree with, uh, you'll learn to love it and enjoy it. And you'll be like, oh man, like, tell me more about that. I don't understand how you got there. Tell me more. Uh, so like I said, um, this show is recorded live. So thanks to those tuning in. If you're tuning in live, send through questions. You're part of the show. What questions should I ask? What do you want to know about my guest uh, that I'm talking to? And if you want to turn this podcast into a practice, you can do three things. Number one, I've already mentioned it. Listen to the idea that triggers you the most. The one that challenges you the most, that's the episode to listen to. Echo chambers, they're fun. They're nice. They're cozy. But let's let's step outside a little bit. That's into the difficult space. Number two, ask a question when I post the podcast. You can, as you're listening, you can post a question on Instagram. Uh, what did I miss? What do you? What did you want to find out? Number three, send us a DM. Who would you like to hear from? What uh, What'd you learn? Just you know, reach out. We love hearing from you. Which rabbit hole should we explore next? So, with all of that out of the way, now now you've been duly warned about you know you might listen to an episode and love it, and then the next one you're like, what the hell's going on here? Unfollow. You know, you've been warned. Okay. To the clickbait. Why clickbait, Conrad? It's 2020. Clickbait, it's so 2017 or 16 whenever it came out. Well, clickbait's not going anywhere. It's often the takeaway we get from an article we read on Facebook and we don't even read the article, we just read the clickbait. But for this podcast, it's the beginning of a longer, more interesting, more nuanced conversation. So the clickbait for this episode, I mean, the text clickbait isn't as good. It's more of a visual clickbait, I think. Uh, so the the text clickbait is a life on OnlyFans. I think I think that's it. Uh, but you know, you're like OnlyFans. Oh, is that is that the the private social media network? Was well, it social media? I don't even know. But we'll find out. But the visual clickbait, I'll have to describe it for you because this is a podcast. Let me let me describe it for you. It's a uh, it's a handsome gentleman in a bathtub. Uh, it's zoomed out like from above. I don't know how he got the camera up there, but bloody good job on getting the camera right above the bathtub. The 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 handsome gentleman is fit and fully nude with some tasteful bubbles placed around the gentleman's vegetable area down there um and now if you're like conrad that didn't that wasn't a great description then you gotta head over to instagram i just digest have a look don't crash the site everyone's going don't crash your car don't you can pull over and then check it if, if you'd like to head over and have a look but with now you're all listening and very intrigued let me introduce new friend of the show kevin kevin thanks for joining me thank you for having me conrad i'm glad to be here 
Now, I've introduced you as Kevin because I like to let people, you know, if I was to just meet you, you know, we're just coming across, uh, we're at a cocktail party, maybe in a Florida club somewhere. We're like, oh, hey, hey, mate. Uh, oh, my name's Conrad. Oh, your name's Kevin. What's your like top line information that you introduce yourself as, you know, what you do for a living, all those types of things? How, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, like if people ask, what do I do? Yeah, like, oh, Kevin. Oh, yeah, man. What do you do for work? Uh, I tell them I'm in video production. Uh-huh. Okay. And like, what else do you tell about yourself? You know, you're Kevin, you're from where, what are the other information you might share with people? Uh, just tell them I'm from the U.S., from Dallas, Texas. I've lived abroad Ooh. for, you know, most of the last seven years. And that's pretty much it. You know, I try to keep the conversation on, of like on other people. Oh, okay. So this would be a good conversation then because uh, it's all about you, mate. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you, you really didn't give me much to go on, but what we like to do on Ideas Digest is as we meet somebody new, everybody listening in the potosphere is, is meeting somebody new and we make judgments. We just do it. I do it. I'm sure Kevin does it. I'm sure every listener does it. On this show, we're just going to be honest about it. So, Kevin, I'm going to confess to you and some listeners of our show in the instagram i put up we're going to confess to you our assumptions and you get to say yes or no whether they're true or not you know it's like normally we go behind people's back being like oh kevin i, I heard i heard this that the other but like no no we're coming to you kevin and you can correct the record okay all right here we go so um some some assumptions or judgments here we go kevin i mean this is a tough one because you, you said you're from dallas texas um I'm going to say you're not religious, even though Texas seems like a pretty like religious Bible Belt part of America. Uh, that's a fair assumption. I'm not a practicing Christian. I grew up in a Christian family, but um, yeah, you know, spirituality is not something that's been a big part of my life in recent years. So you're right mm -hmm. about that. All right. No, religious. ding, ding. Got one. Okay. Kevin, you are single. You're very single and just play in the field. Yeah, pretty much. That's a safe assumption. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm good at this game. Okay. Uh, Colette underscore yo, uh, friend of the show, writes in, um, he's, he's a bloke who's proud of his abs and rightly so. Yeah. it's. I mean, I'm using them to make money right now. So, yeah, I'm pretty proud of them. That's the money maker. You got to be proud of the thing that makes you money. Uh, right. <laughs> that's good. I would be proud of this podcast if it bloody made me money, but uh, <laughs> no, not, not there yet. Um, okay. Well, man, well, one day. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, segway here. For you, this OnlyFans stuff, what you're doing, it's all about the money. You're just like, how can I get the most money? I'm just making as much cash as I can and here's how I do it. It's just all about the money. Uh, it's partially true. I mean, I got into OnlyFans because of money, but, um, there's definitely, you know, my terms where I draw the line, like what I would be comfortable doing. Cause I know I can make more money if I did X, 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 but okay. like, but it's like, I draw the line here and I'm very comfortable with how much I'm making, you know, it's. That's like a that. good example of, yeah, it's, it's not all about the money because yeah, you could do things to get if it truly was all about the money okay fair enough mm -hmm. that's a that's a good way to put it 
a few, you know, I sifted, I had to sift through a few calls in the DMs to uh, show us your D in the photo, but uh, I guess you got to pay for that. That's that's part of the... Yeah, you got to pay, man. only firms. Yeah, 10 bucks, <laughs> that's, that's dude. Part, 10 bucks. That, what I mean, you got 10 bucks. So, you know, to the, to the friends of the show who are like, show us your D. Well, he will if you sub on... Only fans. Uh, I mean, Josh, I, I would have no problem just like dropping trout right now, but it would probably get both of us in trouble on a you know a live stream. So, oh, I, I that does actually give me some insight into your comfortability about your. Body. Oh yeah, and dude. I mean, like, I gotta market this thing. Like, I'm totally comfortable being naked, and if the terms allowed it, I would I would be naked right now. It, it just wouldn't matter to me. Now, now you get what is what's going to get traction and clicks because if if i did this podcast with you and you were fully naked i mean that i mean that that could be pretty good um i mean if you want to take your shirt off i mean by all means yeah yeah yeah, take 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 the shirt off this is going to entice people i'm gonna i'm gonna put up this on on youtube there we go very oh nice thank you for the 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 sneak peek very comfortable. No. If you're wanting to watch this visually, it will probably end up on YouTube. So you can head over to YouTube and then, but in podcast land, I'll describe what I'm seeing. Very handsome man, very lean, probably like oh, 4%, 5% body fat, very lean. Am I insulting you? You're like, no, it's lower than that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, and he's drinking water. So obviously very water. healthy and, yep. and fit. Good. <laughs> got to stay hydrated. It's going to be That's a long right. interview. Josh Gomez writes uh, through Instagram. Oh, this is that's actually a perfect segue. He's confessing his judgment here, you know, yep. and his first assumptions were cocky, arrogant, and can't hold a real job and has no values. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> unpack that one for me. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, honestly, fair assessment. You know, you kind of have to have an element of like, you have to be confident to do OnlyFans, um, and. To be honest, there's an element of like feigned cockiness because you have to sort of pretend like you're like you're the shit because there really is an, an audience base that is willing to believe that about you and they're willing to pay you to sort of act that way. So I can totally understand if people see me in that way that I get it, you know. So, so you would, yeah, you'd pro- you're saying, yeah, you you do project cockiness and arrogance, and if you were to be honest about yourself, you know you, me having a, having a conversation, um, would you say that like you are as a person cocky and arrogant beyond the persona that you push out there? No, no, I don't think so. It's a strictly business, you know, it's because before a couple months ago, I hadn't even really considered this, but now it's like I'm making a living doing it and you have to take on that persona. So yeah, it's, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you have to flip the switch, kind of, you know. And and the last part of that uh, kindly confessed assumption that says has no values. What would no. you say to that? Yes or no? Has no values. Like, I think that that's for someone who doesn't know me. That's not really fair. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't know what I'm using this money for. You don't know uh, my end goal for all this. But mm-hmm. like I said, it's just business. And yeah. so you would say, you'd say, no, you'd be like, no, I feel like I've got values. Yeah, yeah of course. It, because like, I'm still, you know, I'm still drawing the line where I think, you know, things get out of hand because I've gotten a lot of requests mm-hmm. on OnlyFans and a lot of them I've turned down. So, I mean, it's like, I'm not just in it for the money, you know? Cool. And last assumption, Jamin Binning writes in, 
has definitely done porn before. Yes or no? Yep, I have done porn. Has done porn. That's a that's a solid yes on that one. So, what judgments do you face that people might have about you that are either correct or incorrect that you come across regularly? Uh, you know, I think the the one that I get the most is probably like, um, you're a stupid meathead. You know, you lift weights. Oh, how did I miss that one? That one was obvious. So obvious. If you lift weights, you must be dumb. You know, what are you compensating for? Um, but really, uh, it's just, I've always enjoyed it. Like, I'll lift weights, even if I'm not going to be naked on the internet. So it's like, why not make some money with it, you know? But um, Okay. Yeah. The big one is just like, I'm a meathead. Like that. Good looking guy. They're like, you know, probably nothing upstairs, all in the abs. But yeah. you would say, no, I feel like I'm a smart, intelligent man. Yeah. And, you know, for people like that, I, I like to listen to what they have to say first before I tell huh. them, you know, what's going on with me because I want to know why people feel that way about me. You know, why would someone mm. jump to those conclusions so quickly? Mm hmm. Well, you're, you're in the right spot uh, because that's hopefully what we do on Ideas Digest is being like, we make assumptions about people without any information. And what's interesting is like, okay, why did you make that assumptions? In that question is, we're all coming from somewhere and we all have some things that we make assumptions based assumptions, worldviews. The question is, yeah, where does that come from that you're describing that curiosity being like, why is it that that is your first assumption about me? Is it something I'm doing or is it maybe coming from you, the person who's making the assumption? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Describe for different generations of the Ideas Digest uh, friends, describe for us like what you actually do for work. You say in a cocktail mixer, you'd be like, yeah, I work in film. Pretty kind of true, kind of true. But then if they press and they're like... Uh, Oh, what what film? Like, is it TV, movie? What do you say then? Uh, I would I would tell them that I've done uh, YouTube for a while, and I just recently transitioned into uh, OnlyFans. You know, and then they're like OnlyFans. Tell us, <sighs> tell us about, tell us about your before we before we move on. Tell us about your YouTube stuff. Um, we actually met a few years ago in China and then yeah. you were, you were doing YouTube stuff. Tell me about YouTube. People might know some of your YouTube stuff you've done. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we met, yeah, it was about three years ago in Shanghai. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I did like a travel vlog kind of, it was just my interests, you know, it was my own blog. So Chinese language, Chinese food, traveling throughout Asia, just things that I thought were interesting and it got a big following. And yeah, I've kind of just taken that audience and sort of leveraged it for different things for the last few uh -huh. years. What and what was your YouTube channel called? Monkey Abroad. And you, you've still you've still got it, and you do some stuff on it, or you've kind of put uh, it all aside. Uh kind of. It's kind of seasonal, you know. If I can get the right sponsor or affiliate, I have more incentive. But right now, it's like it's kind of like the canvas that I've painted and left there, you know. Yeah. You might come back to it. You might not. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Then talk to me about what led you from, well, maybe even, maybe even before that, um, talk to me about your upbringing. Like what, tell me about growing, what's it like growing up in Texas? Like your family were religious, you play lots of sports. What, what was it like? Uh, so like kind of religious. Yeah. My mom and dad had totally different views on religion, so it kind of 
I was able to see kind of both paths, but, you know, grew up playing football, grew up doing all the sports and stuff. And uh, it really shaped me in like a conservative, I went to private schools, you know, so um, you could say this is kind of like a rebound in some ways. Okay. Yeah. And as you were, what, what, I guess, either like political sporting groups, what, what, what would you do growing up? Uh, yeah. what would I do in, in what, in what way, like with sports or? Yeah. Like as you're growing up, what kind of, what social groups or political groups would you say shaped you as you were growing up? Uh, uh, I mean, I spent four years in a fraternity in university. Um, frat boy, that's a know. good one. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the frat thing is something I've, I've sort of tried to move away from though. Cause it was kind of four years of acting like an idiot and being drunk and we had great parties. You know, I learned how to party, but like, you know, I'd rather be respected for other things than like the great parties I had, you know? Would you fit well within the stereotype of like a rich frat boy, private school kid? Um, I think that I, I did a good job of fitting in because I was around those people, but that's not really who I am, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And if, if you were to say, well, Kevin, like, who are you? What would you say? Man, that's, that's a good question. I just like to be independent. I, you know, I like to yeah. be, I like to work for myself and you know, that, that's kind of a big thing for me and I'm still learning as I go, man. You know, like yeah, it's still an incomplete, incomplete picture here, but um, yeah, man, just creative, outgoing, but you know, I love my alone time too. Pretty entrepreneurial pretty creative in the YouTube space, starting yeah. your own business, working for yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so talk to me then, of, you know, some different generations of the show, like OnlyFans. What, what are we talking about with OnlyFans? Talk like, what is OnlyFans? So OnlyFans is a platform similar to Facebook or YouTube. It's a social platform, but in order to follow someone, they can set up a paywall so you can be free to follow them and then you can pay to watch the content they produce or they can put up a paywall like a monthly subscription, you know, five, 10, 15, $50 a month to see someone's account. And like they post things on their feed that you have access to cause you're paying. And then once you're there, even there's another paywall, people can send you DMS and oh. that's where, that's where a lot of the money's made. So, you know, um, it really is a very unique platform for creators and it's a platform that became heavily focused on pornography because of the structure of how it is, is, is like, you know, Patreon could essentially serve the same purpose, but it hasn't got that reputation. So it's kind of a well-rounded creator platform, but OnlyFans is just like, you know what you want, come to OnlyFans and I'll give it to you. That's interesting that you put it alongside Patreon because I guess that's exactly what Patreon is. It's yeah, it's yeah, they're paywall. very exactly. People can subscribe, but then OnlyFans has that. It is now synonymous with explicit content. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, what I guess talk to me about your journey. What got you kind of into doing the YouTube stuff? And then what drives you into the OnlyFans where you are right now, which you're saying this is like your sole 
thing you're focusing on right now is OnlyFans? Uh, I got into YouTube because I was interested in, honestly, in creating video content. So I'm going to plug my computer in. Um, oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, always interested in, in creating like video content. I've always liked that. Um, I studied it in school. And then when I went abroad, I was like, I'm going to just start filming street food. And eventually it blew up. And uh, but I still loved being in front of a camera. I just like video production, all all angles of it. editing, filming, the marketing online through social media, the whole start to finish. I, I'm fascinated. And as a means of living, I was doing well with YouTube up until the pandemic uh, with the affiliate partnerships I have. It was hard to incentivize people to buy what I was selling um, because people can't go to China. And so mm. I was like, fuck. I'm gonna have to figure something out. Uh, I was doing personal training on the side, and then I was like, "All right, I'll, I'll start an OnlyFans, see what it's." And then, boom, man! It was like within two weeks, I was like, "Oh, I can basically focus all my attention on this from now on." And so that's been that's been that for the last wow. two months. Yeah, like moving out of necessity into experimenting with something new, and then it just taking off. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it was a a fun little experiment and it was risky because um, I thought this will succeed, but the hardest part is going to be looking my friends and family in the face as they're like, what the hell are you doing? You know? So it was like, I had to sit down with my family and just tell them this is business. It's going really well. And I hope you can respect my decision to do this because um, it, it's working and I know how to get it going. I know how to market it. And so just, just, back me up on this and sure enough they did so it really made it easier tell me tell me more about that conversation going in and how it went when you're when you're looking at it, it's very interesting if you were to remove the barrier to entry which seems to be can I face my family and friends? What will they think of me? What will my friends, what will my grandma think of me? What are people going to think of me if I'm doing porn essentially in, in whatever capacity? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, some people sent through in the DMs being like, well, if I had more confidence and you know, maybe wasn't worried about my mom or dad, maybe I'd do it too. Yep. Talk to me about your journey going into that. Are your family... If they weren't on board, would you kind of push ahead anyway? Or what's your relationship with your family like? Uh, If they weren't on board, I would have pushed ahead anyway, because by the time I told them, I had already... Yeah, because I was like, I want to make sure this thing works first and the ball's rolling. And then I'll tell them. And once it was rolling and I was confident, I'm like, yo, this is just look at the numbers. It's business. And that's that. So, um, but yeah, they've been supportive and... You know, I'm independent now, you know, so they support that because that's really yeah. what I want. It's just to be yeah. working for myself on my own. Have you received any pushback or any judgments from any friends or extended family that have found out like what you're doing? No. No. Or all, all no. pretty supportive because your family, I think you mentioned this, not not super religious, kind of like a little bit, but not really. No. No. My dad is super religious. Uh, my mom's not. I mean, I'm not sure if my dad knows about this. You know, he's not as technologically savvy, but I like to imagine that if he did stumble on this, I would just sit down and have the same conversation I'm having with you and just say, look at the bottom line, you know, it's business. 
Right. So you ended up sitting down with your mom and not your dad. Yeah. Yeah. My dad is in Texas. My mom's in Florida. So it's a little okay. easier. Yeah. 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 And if, if you're, how do you think your dad would react if he, if he's, he's just scrolling the internet, he's like, holy crap, that's my son. He's looking, he's looking ripped, but I can see everything. Like, yeah. how do you think, like, would his, do you think his religiosity would make it more difficult than your mom or what do you, yeah. what do you make of that? hundred percent. Yeah. He'd be disappointed. He'd, he'd be upset. Um, but at the same time, I think that a part of him would respect my business savvy mm-hmm. on this because it, it's really working well. You know, well, how do you think, how do you think he would, this is normally a question I'd come to at the end, but we come to it now. Like, how do you think he would see what you're doing and w- the part of him that disapproves? Why do you think that would be? Uh, it, it would be purely from a, a Christian standpoint. He's read, yeah. he, he's read the Bible more than 20 times. That's not an exaggeration. Like he's, he'd have some, uh, part of the scripture that he could quote to me, uh, you know, the prodigal son or something that would be like, you know, here's what's happening and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, so it would definitely come down to some like uh, new Testament, something or other mm-hmm. that he could pin on me. So, so from your experience, you would, you would, look at his religion and and reading of the bible that would i guess would it be categorized as like sexual immorality and not um using your body in that type of way because there's some level of like purity or sanctity around sex yeah in in that is that how you think that that's where it would be positioned yeah i think i think you're right man um it would come down to adultery about you know how we put ourselves out there, you know, being fully naked on the internet is, that's a no, no. <laughs> it's not directly in the Bible, but it <laughs> might heavily allude. It might yeah, heavily there's, allude to... there's definitely some allegory in there that we could, we could come back with to be like, this is probably fits story here. And you never, you, you never really grew up with that Bible belt, like church going up, bringing, Bible reading, Bible study. It was no. I mean, we did do Bible study, um, and I went. Like I said, I went to a private school all the way through twelfth grade. So, like, I'm, yeah. I'm well versed in the Bible, but um, you know, it's it, it's still my life, and you know, even being aware of all those things, it. Yeah, I still felt emboldened to do this because I needed mm-hmm. the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're going, this is, this is the direction I'm going business wise. And you don't see the same, the same hangups that your dad would look at religiously. Yeah. I can recognize them, you know, but I, I don't, I'm not going to acknowledge them for myself Mm -hmm. today. Tell me about what it is you do on OnlyFans, who it's for, uh, and what it's like. Yeah. So, um, like on an average day, um, so this is my only job that I'm doing right now. Okay. So this is like my full-time job and, um, it doesn't require even close to a full-time job, uh, timeframe. Like I can create content for a week in about an hour, you know, uh, so content, talk me through content. Okay. So content is the easy part. 
Um, anyone can really make OnlyFans content. I mean, you I'm sure you've made what could qualify as OnlyFans content in the past. You know, you take a, a mirror selfie, you know, your dick's kind of hard. You, you snap it and you're like, damn, I look fucking good. You know, then you just have this photo on your phone, okay? Over the years, you have a bunch of stuff like this, some videos, maybe some videos of you sleeping with people, you record yourself, you know. And so you've got stuff like this on your phone that's so easy to make. You know, if you're a relatively attractive person, you like to exercise, the content just comes naturally. But it's, but yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that. Just like, I have my little gym back here. It's like a pull-up bar. I do nude exercises back here. That's like a big part of my audience likes to watch me just exercise without clothes on. So that's one. Yeah, that's one. And there's, there's right now there's more than 500 people that are paying um, 10 bucks a month to be able to get access to this stuff. And that's just the base, you know, mm. like, um, of course there's like the DMS that people send and they have specific requests like, um, and a lot of it's, what, pretty, yeah. a lot of it's pretty like PG though, too. Like, it's not just like, you know, people asking me to like, you know, shit in the bathtub or anything. It's not like this really intense, weird, it's like pretty, pretty tame things. Like I've got a guy that's, it's by the way, it's like, it's gotta be mostly, if not all men. So it's, I don't, I'm not entertaining this fantasy of a bunch of, you know, sugar mamas out there. It's like an army of sugar daddies are paying my rent right now. Okay. So I'm aware of that. Um, but oh, that's one way of looking at it. I never, I never yeah. thought about that. You, oh yeah, dude. There's yeah. a way of looking at it in which, you know, you're, you've got sugar daddies just supporting your lifestyle. They're like, they're like, Kevin, you just take, treat yourself. You, you, you just like treat yourself to something nice. Go do a workout today. And you're like, I'm going to go clean the pool today. Do it without a shirt, Kevin. Like oh. that, that's one way of going to look at it. That's it, man. So yeah, I'm aware of it. And, you know, I, I've categorized it here. This is my work zone. This is my work time. And so, you know, for all these requests and stuff, I put a price tag on it. You know, they're already paying to follow me. But then someone's like, I want to, you know, I have like, like, I've got a guy who's literally got a Johnny Cage fetish. And what, you know, like the, he's the fighter from Mortal Kombat. And like, what I'll do is like put sunglasses on wrap my hands up and I'll do shadow boxing for 10 minutes. It's like 75 bucks. Okay. That's just one. And then it's like every week someone will do something like just have all these requests coming in. And I'm like, okay, that one. Okay. Do it. Film it real quick. Give it to them. Boom. Another 75 bucks. And then, you know, it, it, it just, it's like, it never ends, man. You know, it's, but it's fun to do the content creation. Like I said, is the easy part. Um, the difficult part is marketing. So like um, you can be creating this content, but like once you've sort of shown your audience, if you're an influencer like me, I'm a very small influencer, but like I was able to get some people from my monkey abroad to join my OnlyFans. But then from there, it's like, how do you keep it growing? Cause you know, you want more eyeballs to see more people to pay. And I would go to Reddit, forums or like subreddits that were all like fetish and niche based stuff. So stuff like armpit porn, people like there's like a crazy market for people that like want to see men going like this or, you know, feet, things like that. Like you literally just go and post, I'll have all these tabs open and just boom, post a picture here, post a picture there, post a picture there, include a link to my OnlyFans. 
wake up the next day and boom, I've got like 20 new followers. And it's, you know, so marketing is the toughest part for sure. Um, a lot of people use Twitter. I, I've never used Twitter, so it's difficult. But uh, like I said, man, content creation is easy. Like if you're comfortable being nude in front of a camera, it's, it's nothing, man. It's a piece of cake. It's just building that audience that, that supports you. That's the tough part. So when the pandemic hits and you go, all right, I can't really travel and make money like I, I used to make money. You're going, okay, what am I going to do? You pivot to OnlyFans. Now, I can't leave it hanging for too much longer. The assumption was he's definitely done porn before. And someone in the comments said, will you do gay porn again? Talk to me about that. So I did a, a masturbation video in 2012, which, I mean, by all categories would be considered gay porn because it's what gay men consume so oh. yeah so like basically um and one one reason why i'm such a fan of OnlyFans, the platform is because i have professional porn experience i've seen how the industry works and how they treat the talent the person in front of the camera uh how they market the content how they pay the person in front of the camera and and I was 22 years old when I did a, it's called a solo. So I just masturbated in front of a camera. There were lights and a cameraman. And that was my first experience in this. Like flew me out to California for a couple of days, did that, came back. And How did you get like connected with that industry or that person who shot the film? Oh, on Craigslist. I just saw like, you want to make a thousand bucks? You know, handsome guys, 18 plus. I clicked on it. I'm like, sure, you know, take a picture with naked with the date on a piece of paper and send it to them. And uh, then, you know, before you know it, you're out there shaking your dick on their camera. And uh, wow, yeah, so I've done it before and it kind of emboldened me for this because, it, you know, once you've done it for some other company, it's a lot easier to do it for yourself. Like now I'm managing all of my own content. I can make it whenever mm. I want. I can market it however I want and I'm not under some agent's thumb. So porn really is, it's actually a lot of fun, dude. It's, it's a great industry only because I'm fully employing myself. There's no agent, you know? So what's your thought then on the industry having seen a little bit of it, you know, lots of, lots of stuff coming out. I think hot girls wanted on Netflix showing like exploitation of young women, like similar thing, like seeing Craigslist ads and then they're getting into porn. And then in the end they don't earn that much money and they kind of end up having to do more and more like harder and harder, worse things that they kind of don't want to do. And the caveat you kind of put in there, you said it's kind of fun if you're working for yourself. What do you make of the industry as you as you kind of look at it from where you sit? The industry sucks. I mean, there's there these people are like hawks. They're out here. They they're an agency. They make you sign a contract, and that's like you know we'll give you five hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks, depending on what it is you're gonna do. You know, are you gonna are you gonna just be naked in front of a camera? Are you gonna masturbate? Are you gonna get fucked? You know what's what's about to go down, and you negotiate that. And, but they have full rights and control over that content. You just get a little mm. cash and then that's it. But with OnlyFans, it's like, it's like working in Hollywood versus working for YouTube. You know, YouTube, you have full control 
over that over that content. But um, mm-hmm. OnlyFans is like a virtual pimp because they take twenty percent of everything. You know, virtual pimp. Yeah. 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 That's really what it is. They're the platform. They're the pimp. Yeah. They take twenty percent of everything. So, and I'm fine with mm-hmm. that. You know, YouTube takes forty-five percent. When you look at, like, you're looking at the industry, and and there's questions over the the ethics of the porn industry as a whole, exploiting like young people, um, pushing people into situations they probably don't want to be in. Um, I guess the damage, you know, people would say that porn has massive societal costs and damages to relationships and things like that. When you hear people talk about that or, or see the documentaries come out or see studies going studies coming out saying that it can harm relationships or things like that. What's your take on that? I agree a hundred percent. I think porn is terrible for people. Tell me more. Well, I think that um, people use it to replace a healthy, intimate relationship, you know, and it's something that I've done. I've had addictions to porn. I've had parts of my life where I, feel, I look back and I'm like, if, if I just removed porn for that part of my life, I would have made more friends. I probably would have met more girls. You know, it just, I think that there's a lot of potential for abuse. And then also to kind of change how you perceive the way sex should be. So just my personal opinion, you know, I, I don't think it's good to consume porn, but um, you know, making porn's one thing. <laughs> yeah, talk to me about the because I guess you're not really challenging any of the data or statistics on the harm and the and the cost to society and all those um, really difficult, serious conversations that kind of happen around porn and relationships. And your personal experience has been: you would say you don't use porn or try not to use porn or don't like using porn. What's your personal relationship? been with it uh, i i try not to watch porn i mean of course every now and then i watch porn but i try not to because i do think it's unhealthy i do think it's affected the way that i think about sex in in, in what ways just from your experience have you found it to be unhelpful i think that it creates an unrealistic standard for one thing i think that it has potential to uh, make one like make you isolate yourself you know and i just feel like it kind of removes some of your inner drive if you're always looking at porn there's there's a part of you that's missing out on the real world you know you need to sort of retain some of that masculine essence that you're you know if you're just releasing all the time you know but here's the thing i think that masturbation totally okay all right, I'm on board with it. You know, jack off, masturbate, do whatever, but keep, keep porn out of it. Okay, use your imagination. Use what's in the spank tank here. And, you know, just keep that in mind because looking at porn is, is just going to give you, it's going to hijack the dopamine, the reward center of your brain and tell you, you can get this whenever you want. Just keep coming back to it. Just open your computer, open your phone. And I think building that habit is really unhealthy. You're talking about, yeah, it being like biologically unhealthy to have this super normal stimuli always being put in um, into your mind so it can change your arousal and expectations. And then it can be like relationally unhealthy. How do we relate? You know, there's the 
epidemic of young kids trying things that they've seen on the internet, not realizing that that's not real relationship. That's not how we treat a girl. And then there's always the domestic violence, almost encouragement or incitement or something that a lot of porn ends up getting into, which, which you, you would kind of be behind all those critiques and personally yourself going, for all these reasons, you're not a fan of it. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but OnlyFans, um, yeah, right. It's a little play on words, <laughs> but OnlyFans is is cool because it's just me, you know. It, it's just me by myself, and that's that. It's like a very intimate social media platform where you pay to have access to my sort of a sexual side of my personal life. So then, why? What makes OnlyFans different? right? Like you, you, you have already mentioned the fact that you can work, you know, you're working for yourself. You don't have some producer saying, Kevin, mate, you, you need to do this or you're just not going to get paid and, oh, we're just not going to cast you again. And that's, that's what came out in that Netflix documentary, Hot Girls Wanted. It's like, you get the girl in with some, you know, some, I guess, vanilla type stuff. And then they go, well, there are lots of other girls willing to do this. So you need to do more and more uncomfortable, often degrading, abusive things if you want to remain in this industry. And you've mentioned like OnlyFans, it's just you. So you're the boss. Talk, what, what else makes it different? Um, well, let me, let me respond to some of the, the comments here because I get what they're saying. Um, they're making sense. Saying things like, um, I'm going against like betraying what I believe in for money. And yeah. What, what's your, what's your take on, on the comment that's just come through there? Yeah. I mean, it, on, this person's probably not even subscribed to my OnlyFans, So they don't really know, like it's, where do you draw the line in your personal life? You know, like, are you living in bad faith if you're, doing the things that you don't want to do always because everyone every single person out there has to put on their job yeah you put on an iron shirt you get in your car you know you go to work and should i accuse you of living in bad faith because you're not doing exactly what you want at this exact moment you're doing what you have to do you made a choice you went you went to a job application you got the job and now, you know, 40 hours a week, you're going to your office. And mm-hmm. that's that's the choice you make. And the choice I make, yes, there's compromises. I'm producing things which may... But like I said, this person's probably never seen my OnlyFans, so they don't know because it's not... It's a much more personal platform than traditional pornography. It's, it's like people are to have one-on-one access like you can send me a direct message you know it's Mm. it's much more personalized it's it's different from the traditional medium of porn because what makes it a turn-on for a lot of these people is to know that they have direct access to the porn star that they're watching and so getting these requests getting these dms even just like telling people how my day was asking them how their day was for a lot of people, it's a big turn on just to know they can type a message and I'll respond within 12 hours. So, it, you know, it, so it's it's really, there's a lot of gray. This is very interesting territory like we're, we're going into because you're describing relationship and pornography, I guess, by definition 
takes a complex human being, takes another one, shoves them together in a film studio, and and it it takes there you know there might be acting, there might be playing out a scene, and you're just watching that. You're not watching. You're watching two actors do things, and it sounds like what you're describing is there's. OnlyFans, a key difference is this layer of relationship. And, you know, maybe people who are looking at this through a religious uh, reference and framework, they would push against and say, porn is so damaging and and premarital sex and, and sex is often so damaging in these ways because it divorces people from relationship. It pulls people, it makes it just an act, it's a commodity. It's dehumanizing in the sense that you minimize a person into just a sexual being. And what you're describing there is saying like, there's that, there's porn, yeah, but then there's OnlyFans where they know you. There's this level of personal connection is, is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's an intimacy with my audience that I have now that I've never experienced with any platform, including YouTube. And hmm. it be, because the people are all paying money to access this side of my personality and knowing that is is empowering for me because i've received more from this audience in a few weeks than i have from my entire audience on youtube in a whole year it's i mean it's just hard to compare because it really it's a very personal thing you know, like it's not just purely sexual. People aren't just fetishizing and, and objectifying me. So many mm. people just want to message me and know that I'm there and I'll respond. And that's mm. enough for them. Uh, Ty sh- shoots through a question. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's one to think about. Do you, do you feel your OnlyFans experience is the equivalent to an 18 or 20 year old girl doing the same sort of thing like is it different for you because you're a male no uh hard to hard to say because you are just a male and that's your perspective but yeah i guess i guess but i mean like i said i've I've worked in porn before i've done when i was 22 years old i did porn in a in a professional through a professional studio and i've tried both i don't like traditional porn and only fans you can't really be exploited because you're the one who's holding all of the keys to every gate. It's not like uh, you can make all the decisions. Someone sends you a DM saying, Hey, do you do request videos? I'm like, hell yeah, I do request videos. What do you want? You know, they give me the details of what they want. And I'm like, based off of that, I'll give them a price tag. Like that'll cost you this much money. And I've had a few that I've turned down. I mean, if you're 18 years when, old, when no amount of money, like, like, I guess, I guess that's the catch where it's like, when oh yeah, you go, like people, Ooh. people want to meet up and they're like, you know, they offer you five hundred, a thousand dollars or something. It's like I'm not, I'm not here to do escorting. Um, uh, you know, I'm also not here to do like just some wild ass shit. I'm basically only doing stuff that I wouldn't care if my family saw it. Mm-hmm. So that's your. That that's your litmus test there, but I suppose then yeah. there's always that that pending question that says everyone's got a price. And the interesting thing about OnlyFans is, you, you know, I think what like a lot of people can respect is that you're coming to this uh, platform, like 
no one no one is ever faced with that reality you know we all have play these games of hypotheticals like oh yeah. how much would it take for you to do <laughs> yeah. how much would it take for you to do that and you know we do we joke we joke around it might be little things like skull that water in under 10 seconds how much yeah. oh 50 bucks <laughs> done mate like i'll try and like jump off this into that you know we we do it with some sort of things yeah. and we we're just never faced with the reality that we do always have a price, you know, yeah. like I yeah, might have absolutely. morals and ethics around, you know, I might look at you, Kevin, and go, Ooh, I don't think I'd do OnlyFans, but do I have a price? Conrad, would you do it for a mil? Would you do it for two mil? Would you do it for a hundred thousand? Like no. we, we like to say there is no amount of money and maybe that's true for some people, but I guess the, 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 the pending question that always remains is like, yeah, but if that money's in the briefcase on the table, how how much do you stand by the morals and values you espouse? Because most people just never see the suitcase on the table. And what you come to in OnlyFans is saying like, I'm opening this door and now yeah. I can look at a price tag. So even the stuff that you say, I'm like, I'm not meeting up. I'm not doing escort stuff. I'm not doing that. That's a bit weird. And like, I'm definitely not doing that. Yeah. Is there a price tag though? Uh, Are they just not offering enough? <laughs> I sure hope not because the thing here's the thing I, I'm very comfortable doing anything I have complete control over and you know I never do anything live other than you know this interview like with you right now I pre-record yeah. everything so it's literally mm -hmm. just social media management with some dick pics mixed in there really <laughs> you know I yeah I like your um, how, how yeah, you put it together because it's, it's kind of true yeah yeah, because like I said, man, the hardest thing is the social media management and marketing aspect. The content creation is the easy part. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, uh, but I mean, I, I get the question of, you know, people being exploited or in danger. But I mean, come on, man. It's like, it's a business. If, if people are going to choose to get into it, you can draw your own lines. If I mean, you could be really good at it. I mean, who cares if you like to get... You know, if you like to get fucked in the ass, if you like to do crazy things on camera, if you're if you like it, why not make some money with it? You know, but everyone has to draw their own line. I guess the question becomes and the question for you is. If given the choice, if all of a sudden your YouTube blows up like or like even more and you start to go well, I got to kind of get back into this. That's offering the same amount of money to get rid of the money question and the money incentive structure. Would you still do OnlyFans? Is it like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we do jobs we hate all the time. And then we find the one that like, I worked in an office building for like three months and I just went, no amount of money can, can make me give up like my holiday time for when I'm teaching and doing different things like that. No amount of money can do that. Um, so I, I guess that's the question. It, given the option, would you, would you do it? Honestly, man, I, I enjoy doing this uh, as much or more than any other video production I've ever done. It's all the same to me. It's, I mean, dude, there's a camera there. I'm recording it. I'm putting it on the internet. I'm marketing it. It's just content creation. It, it's a, except my dick is out. Yeah. It's really, it's all the same. Yeah. So you're painting a picture of all these other elements, like, you know, uh, mutual, mutual friend of the show, Mark Harrison, who does, who does YouTube. Um, like he, 
you're doing the same you would say you're doing the same stuff he's doing he's he's marketing he's traveling he's he's connecting he's he's doing all of these things and you're doing it too but it's explicit that's kind of like you you and so you enjoy all those elements and so does he that's why his youtube and does all those types of things um the content creation side and just it's so simple you know like compared to something like youtube like I got burnt out from YouTube because you have to, you have to be on, and then the yeah. return you get is insubstantial. You might get a thousand dollars a month in ad revenue, maybe another thousand in affiliate partnerships, and you're just grinding. But with this, man, it, it, so little effort goes in, and the return is like, there's no way I would get burnt out. I could do this. Mm. <laughs> mm. There's there's some level of like reward that you're talking about of like you you're doing something, putting in effort and you're, you're seeing results, you're seeing growth, you're seeing your business succeed. And that's what makes it, that's the really appealing part. It's not like you're passionate about showing off your dick. You're, you're talking about there's this whole business structure around it that includes that part that you enjoy being good at. Yeah, man, you're, you hit the nail on the head. The, just watching this business grow and seeing the numbers and seeing my efforts in different areas, especially in marketing to come to fruition and to work. It just, it's very rewarding. And because, you know, I'm on my own terms too. I'm on my own schedule. So why I find exploring these ideas very interesting, you know, like I said at the top of the show, people might listen to this and go, why are we are we talking about glorifying pornography like are we encouraging it are we getting telling everyone to get on OnlyFans? is this you know i think i think that's a level of engaging with the show that that yeah people can can see it that way um but it's also missing the very interesting underlying questions that when we explore the surface and go underneath we find the decisions and the frameworks and worldviews that we're making these decisions from, because as you talk about, as you talk about what you're doing, and you have no problem being naked in front of strangers that you come to know through this platform, and then you know people say to that like, well, you're you're commodifying yourself, you're you're selling something that should not be sold. You know, the religious perspective would be like, there's something sacred about someone's sexuality and sex and that's a very personal sacred thing but what i'm hearing you unpack is saying well i don't have you, you don't have that religious framework that you're coming from and you're also and when you when you look at it through the the way you see it is that we're all commodifying ourselves in some way the person that goes to the job they hate they're selling the most valuable thing they have and that and that and that's time they're selling their time to people and giving up something so the question is do you feel like a commodity when someone says hey kevin here's 70 bucks do this do you feel like you are just a product uh yeah i guess but i mean anyone with a client essentially can mm. feel that way you know it's it's a client uh, it's it's business. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way to put it. But yeah, I I don't feel like I'm some object. I'm like this person has a desire. They have a want, and I can help bring it to them. It's that simple. They're and 
100% of the people that I create content for, you know, they're all happy. And, you know, it, it makes me happy, but I, I don't yeah. feel like a commodity. I just feel like... Because <sighs> these are the... I mean, they're the interesting questions because there's something non-controversial about the fact that we are all commodities. You're a personal trainer. Hey, Kevin, here's, here's however much money... Teach me how to be fit like you. Hey, hey, Conrad, here's this much money. Teach my kids. Go teach them. <laughs> like, I'm going to go to work and you just teach them. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, thanks for the money. Yeah. So is there something, is there something inherent when you hear people say sexuality is the, is the sacred area that's different? It shouldn't be sold. How do you view that? It's like all these things, time, fine, sell it. Um, you know, you know, your expertise, your area of influence, your, your education, your information, fine, sell it, sell it to the highest bidder if we need to. Is there yeah. something I'm hearing you say, well, sexuality kind of no different. Like it's, it's me, like I'm okay sitting here shirtless. Why wouldn't I be okay sitting here pantsless? Is, is yeah. there for you something different when it comes to sexuality? I, I don't know, man. It's just, it doesn't register with me. I mean, yep. and I've known this, I've known this, like I said, I did a porn eight years ago in a professional setting and I didn't feel anything really. Mm. It was like, cause it's business. It, mm -hmm. There's no other way to put it. It's like, you can see the structure of the business and it's like, how do I stand to make money? There's, I'm bringing value to people. And so what's your, of what that is. What's your framework when you say, well, it's just business because selling drugs is just business. Um, selling like yeah. banks, banks ripping off people and giving home loans to people they can't afford and crashing the economy. That's just business yeah. too. Um, selling like insurance credit cards that, you know, have 30% interest rates that no one can repay and, and well, it's just business. Yeah. When you yeah. hear that, because we all would draw lines between different business practices, like arms dealing, you know, we like different countries selling weapons that are profiting off war. There are levels where business, where we all do draw the line. As you go through and draw these lines, I'm assuming you're not saying when you say it's just business, I'm assuming you're not saying anything in business goes. Like you would have your values that you mentioned that you would go off, what am I going to do? What am I going to commodify? What am I going to sell? Where do you, I guess, draw that line and then you say, well, this is okay and it's business, but this, I guess, isn't? Anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, I won't do. Mm -hmm. And so far, I've done nothing that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. You know, like if, if, someone wants, if someone wants me to film myself peeing in my own toilet... For like a hundred bucks. Have you bucks. done that? Oh, bro, yeah. For a hundred bucks, I'm about to do that. I'm about to pee all over that toilet, dude. For a hundred bucks, come on. I it's guess because because the yeah. thing is, man. Truly, deep down, I can look at myself in the mirror and say, "This is gonna blow someone's mind. They're gonna they're gonna yeah. get off on this so much." And all I have to do is fucking wake up, scratch my eyes, and pee. And it's like, huh. Who knows? I, I used to wait tables for, you know, half a shift and make that much money. But all I'm saying is I'm not uncomfortable doing those things. Yeah. There's a myriad of things that I could be asked to do that I just won't do on camera. But the things that I can just do by myself, bro, I, 
there's I feel nothing. It's so just, I just want the money. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got that you've got that comfortability then. So there's got to be another framework to it as well because you're saying I'm comfortable. I'm not going to sell myself out. I'm my own boss. That sir, $500 I I can't and you don't have enough to to make me to make me reconsider. <laughs> yeah, we've all got that line. But then there's the other element to it because there's got to be more to it because if you go, well, there's there's the drug dealer that's just down the street just pushing whatever to like hooking kids, get them addicted and then like got customers for life kind of thing. You know, he might say, oh, I'm totally, I'm totally cool with that. Like I'm comfortable doing it. So there's, there's another element to it. Like it, is there is there another element for you that says like, well, I do actually think that addicting kids to drugs and then selling the products is, is also not good just because this guy's okay with it doesn't in its entirety make it part of the framework that you make a decision from. What yeah. what, el- what else, I guess, are you weighing up? Well, I mean, I'll just go on the record and say I've, I've been a drug dealer before. So like it's not, I guess I lack that component of my ethical business dealings you know i i just i'm willing to put myself first and you're right there's you know some people they're doing things which are illegal or which are morally wrong but what i'm doing is being taxed by the government at 15 percent. so you know i'm giving a lot of support to the united states government by doing this Okay. Yeah. So, so anyone looking on and be like, Hey man, I pay tax. <laughs> this is, yeah, this bro. is a benefit to yeah. society. Like, yeah. See that pothole? I filled that with my dick. <laughs> Literally, if someone pays you and <laughs> distantly and economically because you pay tax. Okay. I, exactly. Yeah. I guess it's like, when you say, when, when someone hears that, they'd go, well, Kevin, you've got no values. When you hear that and you go, no, no, I have values. Describe for me those values. I mean, just from a from a creator standpoint, man, I, I'm doing what I love. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I love what I'm doing. I enjoy creating OnlyFans content and marketing it and trying to be clever with it, writing the copy around it, listening to what my fans say, and just cultivating this ecosystem that's basically just around my own erotic content. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And there's there's just nothing else I feel like I can say yeah. because I truly am loving this this process. And so if anyone says I lack value, it's like, <laughs> tell me if you're doing what you love and you're making good money, how would you feel? Because that's yeah. exactly how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a few questions that some people push through in the chat, uh, MJ Harper put through, like, do you think you'll end up sacrificing a close personal relationship um, when you're giving attention to so many? Like, have you found this to inhibit your personal relationships? Um, like you said, you're single at the top of the show. Like if, if yeah. you had a partner and she was like, Kevin, I know you love this. You've just said how much you love it. I'm not yeah. comfortable with you giving a bunch of guys all this attention and explicit yeah. content, would you like sacrifice that? And how do you feel about that? Uh, I probably wouldn't date or be close friends with someone who, who wasn't already on the same plane mm-hmm. because you know, like 
if you have someone that can see this for what it really is, a business model, then you should also have someone who'd be willing to help you out to produce content, to hold the camera for you, you know, cause that's true. You know, I, if, if someone's going to be jealous over the money I'm making through some online business, then come on, <laughs> you know, I'm going to use this money to take them out on a date anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rameo.zn. Do you, do you think this can affect your future? Like when people go that, like if you get married, have kids and your kids are like, dad, what the hell are you doing? Like, do you, do you ever think <laughs> about how this impacts your future? Oh, for sure. It's going to impact. It's going to affect my future. Every decision that I make impacts my future. Oh, but that's true. <laughs> yep. The, I, but man, the, the road that I'm paving right now is, and it's the same mentality I had in 2012 when I did porn first was I'm, I'm paving a path that is going to limit certain options for me later. But my hope is that by being myself, by being true to myself and my own values, I'm going to limit my path to the sort of path that I really want and the sort of connections that I really want. I want to do business with people that understand that I'm comfortable being nude in front of a camera, but that doesn't take away from my integrity. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if someone is going to judge me for having created this online business five years from now, then it's probably not the sort of person that I want to do business with or have a relationship with because every person in my life right now, everyone that I associate with is supportive of me doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are the people that I want to be around and mm. It, I, I know there's plenty of them. It, it sounds like there's still a big part of you that wants to be valued as a person, recognized for having values and integrity and being a good, not being reduced to just a, a product, but also someone who has some level of business savvy, business integrity, and there's more to you as a person than people might be led to believe if they just encounter Kevin, the OnlyFans Kevin. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, we all want to be respected. We all want people to give us the dignity we deserve. And I completely understand if someone looks at me like just a dumbass who can't cut it anywhere else that's fine. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, everyone deserves respect and dignity. And you know, I want mm -hmm. people to know mm -hmm. that what I'm doing is I'm loving it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want anyone to be concerned or confused with my decision to go down this path. Two, uh, a couple final questions. The we've talked about, I think we've cut a lot of the, the upsides, the reasons why you do it and why you enjoy it. Why should someone not do it? What are the downsides? Um, I think it can skew the way that you perceive uh, time and money. Like, um, it, I've never had such a lucrative job. And I've never had to do so little work. So uh, it's definitely going to change the way I perceive like the value of a dollar for my time, you know, and 
working for myself, not having any bosses or anyone. Um, it's probably going to make me resentful one day if I do have a boss telling me to do something. I'm like, man, fuck this lame job. I can make more money, you know. So I anticipate that it can build certain character flaws in in certain people, unless you're really conscious of of what you're doing with your time here. How do you think? How do you think people view you? Maybe people like your dad that maybe look at what you're doing and and not approve for maybe religious reasons or for their moral and ethical reasons. How do you think when they look at you and they come across you, Kevin, how do you think they see you? I think they see me as a lost soul, you know, someone who's uh, probably trying to find my way to Christ and, you know, I'm just lost. Um, it's probably it, man. You know, I, I'm sure that's how my dad sees me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how, how do you see those people? I, I understand how they feel. I get it. You know, growing up with that, that background, I studied the Bible. I get it. And I can see, I can see how someone would project those Christian values onto me and think like, tisk tisk, you know, this boy is a lost cause, but you know, it, it, only I really know what's going on in here and I'm happy. And so that's really all I can do is just live my life. And do what makes me happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there is there anything? Final thoughts, Kevin. As as we kind of sum up, is there anything you you want to say, revisit, comment on anything? Man, uh, it's been a pretty wild wild journey here, dude. A lot of a uh, lot of transparency here. I just want to say thank you, Conrad, for bringing me onto your podcast and uh. letting me sort of open up, man, because. I've been wanting to talk about stuff like this uh, on Instagram, so thanks for giving me a platform. Oh, it is our pleasure. Thank, like, thank you so much. Uh, if you're listening to Kevin, uh, it's it's very difficult to be open and honest and vulnerable and just like throw in some hard questions. What are people going to think? And we, as we just, you know, pull these ideas apart, it's it's not about finding out who's right, who's wrong, agreeing or disagreeing. If you're listening to it and you fully agree or you fully disagree, it's it's kind of not the point. Hopefully, hopefully through Kevin's honesty, we've been able to work out like how Kevin sees the world, how he's kind of navigating this new world of of OnlyFans. So thanks so much, Kevin, for for coming on, being really open, honest, vulnerable. Vulnerability is is a hard thing to come by. So it's it's been absolutely uh, amazing to have you on here. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm happy to be vulnerable here on your show. You you're an excellent host. Oh, why? Thank you. And so, well, you're a good friend of the show, Kevin. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, bloody hell, that's an hour, 16 minutes. Well done. And it has now become your moral like obligation and duty to like, just share this with somebody. Maybe you want to trigger them and you'll be like, Hey, you'll really disagree with it. Maybe you want to, uh, maybe you agree and you want to, you want to share it on. It helps the show to share it with at least, at least one person, rate and review us on iTunes. And if you want to turn this podcast into a practice, three things, listen to the episode that most triggers you. Number two, send through a question. We got lots of awesome engagement from everyone on Instagram live sending us through the questions. And number three, DM us. Who should we talk to next? Is there someone that you're going, how do they do that? How do they operate? Like what, what world 
like how do they see the world that allows them to do that so thanks for tuning in and i will catch you in the next episode